Hello everybody, welcome to C3 Films. Today we're doing another episode of It Wasn't That Good on Thor, Love and Thunder. My name is Cheryl and this is... Chris. And we are going to be going into some spoiler territory today, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, go ahead and do that and then go back, please come back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so without further ado, um, I kind of don't hate it really but if you sounds, didn't it sounds like you really didn't like it um though i i didn't love it but i'm interested to see like what your points are on like why you feel so strongly about this oh, like my chest is getting tight just thinking about this movie <laughs> burning some I, calories <laughs> oh my gosh there's 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 just so much and it's sad because there are like select moments in this movie that I think could be good, and like I think that in like a vacuum, are are pretty good. But the biggest thing for reason I probably don't like it. If I had to try to simplify it, at the end of the day, it is a movie that I don't think is made for me. And by and what I mean by that is that I think it's a movie that is made for small children. And if you are a small child, it because the end of the movie basically becomes a Disney Channel original where we get all the, the children that have like the power of Thor and then they all of a sudden are fighting and doing all this other stuff. Um, with the, the fact that they give the, the hammer and the axe that never have had any type of personality before in the past. We are like over 10 years into this franchise. We've seen this hammer plenty of times and not once did it seem to have a mind of its own and now all of a sudden they're like they can get jealous and they're floating around and like coming up and like just kind of hopping up and looking at you because you're looking at another weapon and all this other stuff and it just reeks of Taika Waititi just wanting to ingest comedy into this when and it's in a, such a it's in such a strange way that doesn't seem to meld into a cohesive product. Like there's some really dark moments and dark themes that are really, really good. But as the Marvel problem has like continued over the years, it just gets more and more difficult for them to try to ingest the humor in a more natural way without undercutting the very like, um the very like drama that they're trying to make you feel so that's probably like my yeah. that's my quick spiel and we'll go more into it but like <laughs> yeah no i i definitely agree with that it it definitely felt to me like one of my the notes that i wrote down is like why is this so goofy like the parts that are supposed to be serious don't feel serious like when when um, Thor goes to Sif and she's like, let me die so I can go. Oh, my God. On. And then he was like, well, but you actually have to be, like, in battle and the battle's over and you're alive. So your arm is... And, like, I was like, this is too... Like, it just... It feels like such a slapstick. And, like, I know that they kind of did this already with Thor in the past in the, in the main movies, um, the Avenger movies, where they just kind of make him sort of the butt of jokes for from his grief 
It happened when, later. In the first Avengers, he was more serious, but yeah. Yeah, but, like, in, in that last one, like, I mean, I thought it was funny in those movies, but they were also more, like, it wasn't all the time. It was only for, like, some comical moments, but it just seems like throughout this movie, he was just, like, a total mess. Like, he wasn't Thor. He was just some chump who, like couldn't figure out like who he was and he like he wasn't thor um and it was really weird because it was like we get that like sometimes he can be kind of goofy because they have kind of like developed him that way um over time yeah yeah but but this is like a whole nother level like it's too far it pushed him so far that, like, I don't even know who this character is anymore. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. I get, like, yeah. uh, I, uh, I see, like, you know, some people mentioning Taika. Um, and, I, and, I, and I kind of agree, like, and I even wrote that. Like, Taika was one of the writers, and, you know, he's in the movie. And I really see the Taika in this mm. movie. And as much as I like him and I like his humor and stuff, it just didn't feel like it quite belonged here. Yeah, like 100%. And I think they've had trouble with Thor and his trauma um, because that was my biggest problems with Endgame is that this guy has trauma. He's literally blaming himself for the death of half the universe and he goes into a drinking fit and they turn him into the butt of the jokes in uh, Endgame. And talking, like, basically talking about how he's made of cheese whiz. When it's like, no, this mother, this, excuse me, this dude needs a hug. <laughs> so, but and then in this and movie, it's, it's like we're talking too, in this. Movie. Yeah, and they talk, and the the beginning of the movie goes through like all the things that happened to him, and it's serious. But then once again, it's treated as a, it's treated as jokes. They don't even say the name of his friends, the Warriors Three. They're just like, and this guy, and that guy, and that guy. All these people died. These were his closest friends. These were like his closest chums, like good people. And yeah, first of all, Taika just killed him off like without any type of glory in the in the third movie. But then here, they just kind of brush over them, and like they do with Sif. Lady Sif just kind of gets relegated. She might like to the side. She might as well not almost not even be in the movie, like. They almost, they almost probably would have been better if they did kill her. So they they treat so much of his trauma as a joke. But it's not just that. It's also this movie introduces so much continuity problems with the larger MCU as a whole. Like story-wise and everything else like that. Like there's a moment when they're talking to um, Valkyrie. And it's in the, I think it's near the middle end of the movie when they're headed to the like the colorless place and they're talking about how valkyrie has just been like drowning herself in alcohol all this time but that doesn't track with her being taking over for the leadership role in endgame when thor couldn't and she's been like running this place and she seemed like she had it all together and even like ragnarok was about her moving past that so it's kind of weird that all the, and all of a sudden they bring that up, but then when they bring it up, they there's also a resolution to that. They never actually go anywhere with that. So if that's not going to be a major part of your story or a part of this character's arc within this movie, why bring why bring it up? There's no resolution for that, and there's like other moments in that, like that in this movie. 
Yeah, and it also felt weird at the beginning with the uh, the guardians, and oh, how yeah. like usually, um, what's his name, Star Lord's character is always trying to like <laughs> one up Thor, and Thor's like, I'm already cool. I don't need to be like trying to act like I'm better than you. I just am, and um, mm-hmm. it was like completely different. Where like Star Lord just like man, like you gotta figure out and. You- like Thor is is like basically like they traded characters and it <laughs> felt weird like it just it just didn't suit that dynamic I would have rather not had the Guardians there to see that contrast because um, I mean again they flipped the characters around and like right. maybe it was just to show and establish how like Thor's in a kind of messed up place because everything that happened to him. But again, it's like a little too little too late because all this stuff already happened and he has already like moved, not moved on from it, but he had already appeared in MCU and he wasn't acting like this, like how he was in this movie. And like, Mm -hmm. I just didn't expect that. Um, Yeah, I think this is is his first appearance since Endgame, I, I think. Um, chat can correct me if I'm incorrect, but I don't think Thor has been seen in a movie uh, since Endgame. But even then, Endgame, they he was able to like kind of make up for it. Like everybody yeah, was brought yeah. back. He got his shit together, know. so I don't so. understand why he's like still off the um, off the rails right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's just. I didn't like the treatment, like you said, of the recap, um, and I think part of it was because, uh, what's his name gave it? The Tycho's character was giving it, and like he's Korg. The, yeah, he's the comic relief. So why is he telling the story? I mean, I guess I can, I kind of get it. Like I get what they're trying to do. They're kind of mo- mm. trying to move this forward, and it feels very much like they're preparing to. Um, close off like like tie up the end for Thor so that it can be passed on to new characters like they're doing that with um, like She-Hulk and like everything is just kind of the torch is getting passed on to mm-hmm. younger characters um, which makes sense because you know these actors are you know getting they don't want to be here forever <laughs> yeah and like th- like we have to move on um which i get so it's kind of like a passing of the torch but when you do it like in a weird way then it doesn't really work out i guess you could say kind of like mm-hmm. i don't know star wars <laughs> where it's a very forced passing of the torch um so yeah. And that kind of felt a little bit forced to me in this. And, like, they they even, like, I mean, it just feels weird because they're, like, oh, he, like, suffered all this loss. He lost this person, this person, this person. And then now you have Jane. And then they take her away, too. And I'm, like, that's the worst. Like, why would you bring uh, all of this up and then take away the last thing that he has? I mean, he has a kid now. <laughs> It's not really his kid, but it's not even sure. his kid. I mean, they, yeah, and like it feels weird because they're like BFFs, like mm-hmm. like he just lives with her, and it just well, they yeah, they skip over all of that character development, by the way. 
yeah you want to talk about shit that's not earned (laughs) that is not earned. i know i was like that relationship (laughs) just came out of nowhere like i get that he is gonna like take care of her and i don't really get why he would be like i thought you know in my mind i was like oh she's gonna be one of the children that just lives in new asgard Mm -hmm. um and like you know be part of the community of children that we saw yeah, you don't see Thor lining up to try to help uh, take care of Heimdall's yeah. kid. I didn't think she and, would. And Heimdall yeah. was his best friend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and he saw Heimdall die, and he's not going to Heimdall's kid being like, yo, I could be your surrogate daddy. But he's exactly. going to do that for, for this villain for that was going to kill off. I know, that killed gods and stuff like that. It just It just felt so weird, out of place, like, there's no reason for him to adopt this girl. Like, I get taking her in and giving her a life, but not as, like, her sole guardian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, exactly. It's And it's one of those things that it actually, it can work. It's just that the story, it the story skips all over all of that because they... The, the character spends most of the movie dead, admittedly, and then it comes in and it's just like, hey, we wanted to, like, have this be the thing that he takes takes care of because he lost he lost Jane. Like, this is supposed to be his replacement replacement for Jane, and it's also supposed to symbolize Gore growing as a character because he wanted to kill gods, and now he's trusting a god with his kid. Like, that is the point that they're trying to do. However, for that payoff to really matter... We have to have some attachment to this kid and to Thor's, like, relationship to, or what the proposed relationship could be to this kid. We have to, like, have a connection to that in some kind of way with the story, and it doesn't do that. It just is just like, here's this kid that hasn't been in the story at all, here she is at the end of the movie, and now, fast forward, and they're, like, best friends, and he's taking care of her. So... Yeah, it just seems like there was no no motivation given in the movie. Like I can I can see why he would do it and like, you know, again like the point they were trying to make and everything, but they didn't put it and like they didn't put the motivation itself for Thor into the movie. Mhm. Yeah. Like exactly. they could have added like an extra 15 minutes at least to like for something weird to happen like Maybe, like, Christian Bale sacrifices himself at some point to, like, save another god. And then, like, it also saves the daughter or whatever. I don't know. Like, some kind of redemption other than, like, instead of killing all the gods, he wishes for his daughter to come back to life. Which is also a selfish wish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, like, gore is an interesting thing because, like, I think the movie, like, I really like the way this movie opens. Like, if you guys have been watching this show for a while, there's one thing that has been consistent across all of our It Wasn't That Good, is that most of the time, the openings to these things are usually pretty promising. And then it just goes off the rails. And, like, the way this movie began, I was kind of, like, with it because I was like, yo, this is... You're seeing how this guy who believed in these gods feels betrayed and then comes to the conclusion that I'm going to just kill all gods. 
Um, but then you don't actually see him do that. But then he has other moments that in the movie that make it like there's there's this one part of this movie that felt like a different movie where the kids are in the cage and then he shows up in the darkness and he pulls out the the snake and then rips off its head and throws it at them i was like whoa what is wait, what is this movie this is not the same this is nowhere near the same tone that we've had up until this point and then in the next, in one of the other, the following scenes, you have Thor like talking to the kids, trying to reassure them, and you have what I, I think it's Valkyrie or somebody like playing with his nose while he's trying to like inspire the kids and keep them safe and 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 make them believe that they're going to be okay. And I was just like, this, I can maybe make an argument of like you're trying to make the kids laugh, but at the same time, these kids are scared that they're gonna die. Like, maybe play it a little, maybe be a little more serious about this. Yeah, I mean, I that kind of falls in with the whole like Thor being a little bit too goofy, um, for my taste. But um, in mm-hmm. terms of like the like the beginning, I wasn't really impressed by the beginning when I saw mm-hmm. the whole thing with Christian Bale and everything. I was like, oh, okay, he's gonna be the villain. Right. He feels betrayed. He's gonna have some kind of like agenda for getting revenge, and then of course it, Thor's just gonna like have to save them, and like yeah, it's pretty <laughs> standard. And I was like, oh, there might be like a higher being, and he might be like the puppet or anything. But like this whole movie was pretty standard. MCU cookie cutter um, formula of a movie, and so it. I was quite bored, and I was gonna it, say, it, that's it, like the biggest thing about it. It's like also kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like I I enjoy me some good comedy and some good action in MCU, um, which is like I think we have said time and time again with um, these kind of cookie cutter movies like it's okay to do that like it's perfectly fine to use a standard cookie cutter movie but you have to decorate it with like Mm -hmm. good stuff that keeps us interested and entertained and like and I, i can see them trying to do that with you know the comedy but the comedy was just too much and like it was just mixed in with things that were like you like you said there were times where it was like incredibly dark and serious and then it becomes like really goofy like where it's like uh it's you know it's just a comedy it's not a serious movie it's not even an action movie and like i know we have been scolded before for like you know being like why can't we have multiple genres in a movie but in this kind of case like it just feels all over the place in that sense and in like a bad way where it doesn't feel like we have a cohesive movie and a cohesive story because we're just making left and right turns and it's not even a style it's just a there was some writing issues here yeah and the like the blend is just not there because and like one of the scenes that i absolutely love because like when you really think about what this movie is about the movie is about coming to terms with death. <laughs> like, truly, that is the that is the journey of Jane Foster that Jane Foster has to take because it is, like, it is kind of about her too. And it also is Thor having to come to term with terms with 
her eventual death, but also the deaths of everyone that's come before him, all of his friends, all of his loved ones. Like, they're all gone now, and now this is the last person, and now she's gone. And then she also has this cancer that's going to lead her to her death. Christian Bale's character has this sword that is slowly killing him that will eventually lead to his death. It's like the whole, like, umbrella over this movie is a, a theme of coming to terms with the fact that people die and you yourself will one day die. And that's a pretty powerful theme. And like when they had this conversation with like with Thor and Jane where they're talking about living life, uh, like as if there's no tomorrow. Um, and then even with him backtracking and being like, hey, that was before I knew that you were dying. And it, even that is interesting because that shows how people shift once they really know that you might not be here, but you can do something to maybe keep you here. They'd rather you do that than you do the thing that they just said for you to do, which is to live life to like to the f fullest because, you know, you might not be here. So, like, even that contrast, all of that is interesting. <laughs> it's really good stuff. But it whenever these scenes play out, they just have these, they're undercut every time by these like jokes or these moments where they don't want it like to let it lie. And this is an overarching problem with Marvel as a whole, but it is just rampant through this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was really disappointed with that scene, actually with the one that you're talking about um, on the boat where, you know, they're, you know, he's trying to tell her like how he feels about her. Like, Mm -hmm. but they made it made him like a butt of jokes where like he's just an unconfident guy that he just cannot talk to her like a regular person um and mm -hmm. it just it's weird because like the dialogue just seemed really messy like thor don't, doesn't talk like that and it's language that he doesn't usually use it's like it's kind of like he's from asgard and then he went to america and became stupid <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> um, that's, but the, that's actually probably what happened <laughs> but my, my my favorite scene i think is the one where he is with her in the hospital and he's like you know telling her like he just he needs her to stay here because he like he couldn't live with himself if he didn't try to get her to stay Mm -hmm. so um and then and then that's she goes scene. anyway yeah, yeah. Like, and then even good. that her choosing to go anyway that's a good character moment yeah. because she is choosing to put her life on the line in order to save the person that she loves and to also be a hero like that's what you want in your story normally <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and even though it's like predictable like i said cookie cutter if you make it good decisions and you decorate it nicely and you know everything is just in place then it makes a good movie then it's like i don't care that it's cookie cutter because i was entertained so i mean to be honest this just felt like a really weird rom-com um <laughs> where like i i feel like what i would have wanted from this movie and what what i thought like where i thought it was gonna go is that like okay so thor's lost all these people the last person that he loves is dying his issue is probably gonna be about trying to do everything he can to keep her alive and that's what gets in the way but that's yeah. not what this story is so yeah. but i feel like that would have been a much more compelling arc and compelling story for this movie 
Agreed. Especially because they already have the framework there where the villain has the same weakness as, like, the hero. In this case, if we're looking at the hero as Jane Foster, like, they have the same weakness. They're dying. And the weapon mm-hmm. that they're using is slowly killing them. So, yes, like, that, what you just said about, like, Thor and, like, his arc, it makes sense. And it's just even just to say, if you're taking the continuity of the character into play, that makes sense that he wouldn't want to lose anybody else. He even talks about that, I think, in Infinity War. Um, but it's just, this movie does away with so many different, you know, character moments that we've seen across the years. Like, it's a movie that takes place in a continuity of films that seeks to then put that continuity aside. We're not even going to talk about the fact that apparently there was this thing at the center of the universe, which I, I think this was in a deleted scene, but it's not in the movie, so that's what we're going to go off of. How, how did they know where to find it? If no one could find it, how do they know where to find it? But also, like they say it's at the center of the universe. Okay, fine. What does that mean? But um, also, the fact is that there was this magical wishing magical wishing deus ex machina that was always existing even after thanos did what he did and no one sought to mention it even though thor and valkyrie both knew about it like without even being prompted and thor who has been depressed about the fact that he got all or half the universe killed did not think for the first thing to do to be to go to this magical wishing well and wish all the half of the people that were killed by Thanos back. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. It's a weird <laughs> life. Like it just definitely feels like that whole thing was just dropped into, especially where it wasn't really mentioned until like I don't know more than halfway through the movie, and like suddenly it's a problem. It's a big problem, but even the gods don't care. They're like, oh, yeah, it's like the one thing that can kill us, but oh my God. it's okay. Sorry, and the one thing, so this one actually happened to me while I was watching the movie. I'm watching the film, and you see that they're like, oh, Storm, Stormbreaker is like, or Stormbringer, you guys tell me what that is, I, I always forget. But like, Stormbringer is like the one that can like open the, the, the is the key to opening the 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 place or whatever and you see that gore has it in the text that the that the axe is what can do it and at first you know you think you look at it and you're just like oh okay but then while i'm watching the movie like maybe two or three minutes after that scene i literally stop and say wait a second didn't thor just make this axe a couple of years ago in this movie how is there how is there any ancient text about this thing that wasn't even conceptualized literally until a couple of years ago as the course of this movie it wasn't even that long in the like within this movie it might be like a year or two years later after endgame so wait what yeah it does it definitely feels like whoever wrote this movie and i know it was uh it was taika and someone else um i don't think they watched the other movies (laughs) i mean there's a lot to watch but um i mean even if you just watched the the movies from that thor was in i think that would have been enough to have enough background but uh yeah that one was weird for me too like that whole thing just didn't make sense and they didn't really need i feel like they didn't really need to write that into the movie i guess it was just a tool to like bring the daughter back to life 
Yes, it was a tool to bring the Carter back to life, and the fact that Storm, uh, thank you, Storm Breaker, Breaker is um, the reason that it opens is just to give an excuse for why the villain can go after Thor's weapon. That's that's basically it. Yeah. Um, so, I, oh my God, I like I see that was a fact I remembered while we're talking about it, but at the end of the day, for this film, it it actually served to kind of annoy me, and. <laughs> The trailers for this film were really good, and I got really excited for this film. Like, the other thing they do really nicely, the the whole color stuff. Like, they go into a world that literally sucks the color out, but when they're using their weapons, some of the color comes back because their weapons are magical. That is cool. And, like, even, like, the darkness and how it's, like, like handled, like, that is a cool scene. But once again, even within this own movie, Valkyrie talks about how she wants to die in battle. She literally says that. She literally says she wants to die in battle. And then when she has the opportunity to die in battle, all of a sudden, she's okay with not dying in battle. Now, yeah. <laughs> you, you can call that a character flaw if you want, and she realizes that she doesn't want to actually die, whatever, but that doesn't happen in the movie. She never has that conversation. She says in the movie, I want to die in battle. It is the greatest honor for any Asgardian. She's about to die in battle, and when she is saved, there is nothing that suggests that she is upset over the fact that she did not die in battle. But that is just another, like, minor character thing. But like I said, if it's not important, why are you bringing it up? Exactly. I was, that's what I was going to say. I was like, because they talk about it with Sif, too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess it's just they're, maybe they're bringing it up because that's where Jane ends up going um, at the end. If you watch the, uh, I think it's after credits. So yeah. um, I, I think that's why. But it's also not part of the main movie so I would get it more if it was part of the main movie that Jane ends up going there but um mm-hmm. it's not so <laughs> the other thing I noticed about the axe um Stormbreaker is that um I thought that that is also a weapon that um you can't hold unless you're worthy no that one has and someone had to correct me on this too it was never enchanted because he just okay. he forged it in a dying star, but it was never enchanted the way the hammer of Thor was. Um, but bringing up Thor's hammer is like one of the we're going off over time. But this is the last major point that I personally want to bring up is that Thor's hammer apparently could fix itself whenever it wanted to, and just yeah, it to. I know, which is weird and yeah, I get, and I also fall weird about the the weapon suddenly having personalities and they're getting jealous and stuff. Like, that was just really weird. I think they were just trying to parallel the whole like relationships thing with everyone. Um, rom com, like you said, yeah, a very rom com. Yeah, um, but it just this movie was like. It's not MCU. It's not part of the MCU. <laughs> yes, and you understand why? Because I know at first when we first started, you were wondering what I hated so much because you said you didn't feel like that strongly against it, um, even if you didn't really enjoy it. But now you understand why I just despise this movie. I <laughs> really do not like this film. <laughs> well, after you pointed all of that out, I can't like unsee it. But you're I mean I didn't really enjoy the movie that much, but mm-hmm. um yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a big joke. Seriously. So anyway, we should get out of here. Is there anything any last like little thoughts you want to say to everybody before we get out? 
I liked the goats. <laughs> I think that's, the, that's one of the main things I think people are going to say. But that's it from us. We're going to get out of here. What did you guys think about Thor Love and Thunder? Did you like the movie? Did you do you want to do you want to watch it again? Do you think that we're being too nitpicky? Did you notice the problems that we had with the movie? Are there answers that we're just not seeing? Whatever you thought about it, comment below, let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been Cheryl, and we'll see you all next time.